0: We're gonna make
1: just coming out of the coma from that turkey dinners good night Bass Edge Radio December 1st coming
2: at you as always Bass Edge Radio brought to you by megaware KeelGuard perfect opportunity still time buy that stocking stuffer protect that boat from grinding sand abrasive rocks and concrete boat ramps get yours today by visiting the Bass Edge store or to learn more keelguard.com
1: that's right Aaron Black Friday is over but still the shopping just begins speaking about black friday this guy has seemed to been a little tough to get a hold of but finally strapped him down to a chair (laughs) oh
2: easy maybe a bad
1: analogy but we've got the natural in the house today let's do it bass edge radio
0: In three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge, everything bass fishing, coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios.
2: Final Countdown. It reminds me of that Geico commercial, you know? The guy has his stuff in the microwave, and the band's playing. It's like we're on our last two final episodes for 2015, Mr. Dove.
1: Yeah, man. Final Countdown. Isn't that like an old hair band song, like way back in the day? Is oh, that yeah. Final that's, Countdown? That's, yeah. okay. that's yeah. absolutely
2: it. See? You yeah. Date there yourself.
1: You. Well, hey, this time of year is busy. You know, spend a lot of time on the water. A lot, lot of guide trips going on down here at Lake Amistad, and at the same time, and it's a busy time in the office, you know, doing a lot of uh, prepping for uh, 16, closing out the media and impression reports for all the 2015 sponsors at the same time, setting things up for next year. But what does that mean? I'm on the computer all the time and always getting my Bass Blaster. Dude, Jay Kumar bringing the goods. Make sure you sign up. Bassblaster.com is the site you can go to. Also, you can send an email directly to Bass Blaster at Bass Gold. Dot com probably the easiest christmas gift to give your fishing buddy but jay's talking about some new a rigs out there bigger wires deeper stuff all kinds of craziness and it's got a cool video of a uh, alligator trying to eat a Bass, man. I'm telling you, I don't know where he finds all this information. He brings you the latest news in the industry. He's bringing you the latest uh, videos and uh, lots of pictures. It's just good stuff. Make sure you're a member of Bass Blaster.
2: always enjoy reading that. And you know, Kurt, you speak of being in the office. Ironically, it's the opposite for me. I'm actually practicing at Lake of the Ozarks for the Central Pro Elite kickoff the tradition continues this is probably about the 10th year now that we start a winter tournament to kick off for the 2016 season so I'm looking forward you know we've had a lot of rain the waters came up several inches back around that middle part of November so it's cooled that water down a little bit and I'm excited going to be throwing some jigs probably some wiggle warts and crankbaits uh, might even bring out a jerkbait or two it's kind of that time of year and you know speaking of that time of year as you alluded to Christmas man you got your shopping done you know I been kind of perusing the new Bass Edge store there that we've got. Lucas Products, DVDs, of course, was always popular. The uh, Psychology of Exceptional Fishing from Dr. Jay McNamara makes a good stocking stuffer.
1: You bet. And uh, shopping's not on the front of my mind because <laughs> I know I've got Bass Edge as a backup and uh, I can just get on there and get some goodies real quick. I'm usually breaking it down on the wire on that deal, but uh, I tell you what, this next guest, really excited to have him, Aaron Martin. In the house, 2015 BASS AOY champion. But before we get there, one of our beautiful tips from protecttheharvest.com
2: Pro tip segment is brought to you by ProtectTheHarvest.com, keeping our traditions alive for future generations.
1: Fishing a toad with James Watson. What are the appropriate seasonal patterns and setup for fishing toads?
3: Hey, the best time for toad fishing, in my opinion, is early fall, late summer when the bass are starting to move back. It's any gizzard, shad, and prey on spawning perch. The best setup I've got for toad fishing is a heavy 7 6 flipping stick. 7 to 1 johnny morris carbon light reel because it's super light super fast 7 to 1 gear ratio it's 50 to 65 pound braid braid is important because it always floats it gives no stretch and you really don't have to hammer those fish; they hook themselves so don't mess around with the line make sure you use the maximum 50 to 65 pound braid
2: well thanks james the edge pro tip from protecttheharvest.com
0: two fishermen came together with one agenda to construct bass boats, superior in design and build with a flawless finish. With our boats exhilarating handling and smooth ride, extreme rough water just doesn't exist. We're not just building a boat, we're building a legend. Legend Boats.
1: Well, Santa has come early because we've got a good way to kick off the holiday season with BASS Elite Series AOI champion from 2015. Second time with us here on Bass Edge Radio, The Natural, Aaron Martins. Glad you could make it with us today, Aaron. Glad to be
3: here. Beautiful uh, December, right? Absolutely. <laughs> awesome.
2: A- Aaron, welcome back to Bass Edge. You know, I'm hoping that we can confuse the heck out of everyone, like who's on first, you know, which Aaron is Aaron. Kurt likes to call me a aron so so um, certainly... a a Yeah, the similarities. I mean, I love, yeah,
3: I love to confuse people, too. It's fun.
2: I, I do too. And I'm, I'm typically, I'm pretty good at it. And these similarities are, of course, are only in name. So
1: I got to say that whenever Aaron Martin is, uh, you know, starting, going out there and going fishing, everybody's looking at him a little funny because, you know, sometimes he's like, well, he's not Aaron Martin's, it's Aaron Martin. But either way, dude, guys, this is going to be tough for me already. Let's not make it worse. So much has been already discussed about your amazing year in 2015. Instead of looking back, let's look ahead, Aaron. You mentioned that it can be better than what it was last year, which by most aspects is considered a career year. How do you prepare on improving for
3: 2016? Well, you're always working to work improve. I did have that one bad finish, which I left the door open for Sunday can. That record's not impenetrable. It can be beat because right. that's a 66-place finish in there. That about the average down to like a 14th or 15. The rest of my finishes were phenomenal. I mean, that's typical of my whole career. Um, almost every year I've ever had, even the two years of winning a I had almost third place finishes, almost last-place finishes thrown in there. If I just could have had two decent finishes, that would have been an unbelievable, you know, top, like a sixth or seventh-place average. Uh, I up every year, honestly, to try to make the 12th cut because I really like fishing the final day because, to me, that's where all the fun's at. It's exciting. It's uh, competitive usually you have a chance to win the tournament so that's where all the segments at the fourth day I mean obviously going into practice I always try to get on the winning finish and that's almost impossible to do. I mean, if you get in contention to win like once or twice a year, that's pretty phenomenal. But you always try to put yourself on the money fish. It's just, you know, these lakes sweet fish are so big, it's very hard to do. All the cards, everything has to fall perfectly to, to be on that, those right fish.
2: Well, you know, as we speak, Aaron, you're you're making eggs, right? Your diet is... I'm eating eggs. No, okay. I okay, okay. So, so, so yeah. you've, you've I, already I made, made
3: them. dozen eggs a week. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, so, which is, is the perfect setup because I know your metabolism that's required to... <laughs> (laughs) To live your life and and running and exercise, obviously, is a very integral part of your daily life, but you like to do it and, Mm -hmm. and you feel that helps you, you know, really step up your game. What aspects of being in that better physical condition or running in general do you feel has kind of created this higher level or elevation in your performance?
3: Yeah, I mean, ever since I was, like, eight, I rode a bike. I used to ride a bike, gosh, I don't know, 60 miles a week. I, I rode a bike all the time, so it wasn't something I started later. I, I've kind of always been uh, a mountain biker and hiker, backpacker, by two weeks, other states and countries even to go backpacking. I've always kind of been fit. I did go through a period where I got kind of heavy. I got to like 230 pounds. Uh, you never know, it, but I was I was 230, going on 240, uh, 34 inch waist, 30, you know, going on to 36. I my I couldn't fit into my 34 inch pants anymore. I, I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> um, I've always been like a 32 or a 30, um, and about 185 to 195 pounds. And uh, I, I don't know. I just I'm hovering between 190, 195. i, I you know, I run about 30 miles a week. 25 to 30 um, and do other stuff and I eat a lot and it's helped me unbelievable I, I actually when I'm out there running like I run about every day I, I can tell the way it helps because I fish a lot too and a lot of times I'll stay on you know, during the off season I'll go run 3 or 4 or 5 or 6 miles and then I'll go fishing that's just part of my routine is to go fishing too that's part of my workout and uh, I can tell when I get on the water the, the amount of energy I have and how clear my mind works I know it's from running a lot of it uh, and being fit and that's what fishing's all about. Your brain's so active while you're fishing, I mean it should be, and your body's so active. You never stop moving while you're fishing. I mean, the majority of the fish we catch are not reaction baits, and you're constantly removing the bait. And then you're always kind of happy, ready for that bite. If you're not ready for that bite, you know, if you're kind of not thinking for a second one hits it, you could easily miss that fish, and it could cost determined. So it's uh, the mindset, you know, if you haven't run, or if you have run, you know, it's the hardest thing you can do. Um, I think the only other thing that's harder is probably swimming, because you're always kind of pushing yourself, and your mind is always telling you to stop, like stop and walk. That's, i never walked before I won't let myself walk, you know. I mean, I've had a marathon and a couple of halves, and I've never had to walk before. And my mind the whole time to tell me, uh, especially the last five or six miles of the marathon was you need to stop and walk it'd be so nice to walk or not but you just push through it you don't do it you just keep running that endurance and that, that mindset I think really helps competitive in any kind of competition racing or you know, vehicle racing or, or riding a bike or fishing it's just something that helps it helps you maybe use those decisions those hard decisions that you make constantly in fishing that, um, it makes it a little bit clearer that to make the right decision I definitely think it's helped my game in fishing for sure in my life I mean I just feel so much better and you know i eat really healthy too and that helps obviously but um yeah i did feel really good and surprisingly I, I i don't know i probably feel like a 20 year old i guess still i don't feel my age and that really does help so you hear no pain no gain but i don't really feel much pain it kind of made a lot of pain go away i did was feeling when i didn't do anything for 10 years first back pain and being sore in the morning when you wake up from fishing you know three four days in a row uh, i don't get that anymore and the more i run the less I feel so uh, it definitely does help for sure.
1: That's pretty interesting. You know, when I was going back and looking at some of your stats, which generally I do, you know, try to do a little research on, on everybody that we're talking to here at Bass Edge. You know, you can look at your stats and you know, 157 caches and 208 career bass events. You know, 67 of those being top 10s. Dude, that's 25%. It's really out of control when you look at it in the big picture, obviously making a lot of career earnings over $2.6 million. But when I look at the past, and I'm going to bring up a negative – just because I think a lot of times we can learn from things that didn't go well from people that excel to the highest level like you do. Do you remember your terrible. 2003 BASS
3: tour season? I think I missed a check nine times uh, in a row. Something that that like is that. correct. I missed a check. I mean, my wife was pregnant with my daughter, and something happened that year. I couldn't catch a bat. I've had two horrible seasons where I didn't get checked out at all. And then I think a lot of it was the transition from the West Coast to the East Coast. Around 2000 when I first came out, 2001. Right. The first season I finished out here on the, on the 150s, I had like six top tens, which is you like bet. crazy. Sure. I smashed them. Almost one a couple, almost won megabytes and stuff. My first season, I just smashed them. We didn't have a rookie of the year back then. I probably would have had it. But the transition from shifting to be competitive... And then having our first kid, it was like, the, I, I can still remember being, you know, somewhat fit. I mean, I wasn't out of shape or anything. I was riding a bike a lot then, too, mountain biking. And then I remember going out there and fishing and, and not being able to catch a fish. And then coming back, my wife was mad at me and, and pregnant, and she felt bad. And, like, what's wrong with you? Like, she knew. I, I'd get out there and, and be confident and start fishing. I couldn't catch one. Like, nothing I did worked. And that went on over a whole season. Then I think a, a year after that, after I... I went checklist, I got angry yeah. of the ear. Strange how fishing works. I almost expect that nowadays. Like, I'm waiting for it to happen. But I've worked so hard at it now, and I'm so much smarter than I was. And I've made that shift, and I've made all the adjustments. I've made my tackle adjustments. I've learned how to fish back here so much better than I was back then. But I still expect it. I think you kind of need to be ready for it. If it does happen, you don't. just had a total meltdown because in fishing, anything can happen. I mean, St. Clair, I had that tournament won. I had 21 pounds in my life, I had to throw them back. And wanna end up getting anything You got to be ready for disasters because disasters happen in the sport all the time. It's up there with the most disaster-prone sport there is. There's just so much that can happen.
1: Part of the reason why I wanted to bring back that old memory is because so many anglers do struggle when they first start. And mm-hmm. they decide that, you know, maybe this isn't for them. And they move on you know, to do something else or or they let it get to them mentally. And obviously you overcame that and made some adjustments and made that growth process to be a successful angler here on the East Coast, whereas you were already a huge success on the West Coast. But that had to play a mental frustrating factor for you. And just to show people that, you know, hey, look, you can take the best angler from the West Coast and stick them somewhere else. And he still has a little bit of struggles. But then when he overcomes those struggles, you know, let, let's face it, dude. I mean you're
3: you're a free pretty good. I've had five top tens in a row, I've had six top I know, I've unbelievable. Um, I don't know. I maybe use letting people know I did have a year like that. My, I, mean, I remind people sometimes that don't know that I did have a year like that and they think that I'm invincible and you know, I never do that and it's not true. I've had some of the worst years in history in the sport of fishing. It can't happen and I've seen some guys struggling to this day and I've seen guys that, you know, have made a million to, millions of dollars. I chose to stay because that, you know, was my love of fishing. That's what I, I was put here for, I think. Now with the words and everything, this, this is perfect for me. And, and I really love competition and, and the basketball. and I and mean, I like the whole aspect about it. So I'm glad I stuck to it because there was a few years there where it felt like pretty. And believe me, you know, I had some opportunities to give with some construction companies and be at a high level and probably could have made a lot of money. But I've been happy. You know, everything had been good. You know, you would have been thinking about where I would have been so if that would have kept fishing. If he quit, he just never know. So I got really fortunate and blessed. And it ended up paying off really well, especially this last season uh, I couldn't ask for a better season. Now the big question is, can I keep it up? Like I said, I do work hard, I am smarter, but there's always this possibility you could get derailed and, you know, you could have a really bad tournament and then another bad tournament and then all of a sudden you know the wheels fall off, which is very typical in bass fishing. And I think one of the most important things is to keep your wheels on the track, I guess. You know, if something really bad happens maybe in the past I used to kinda of let it haunt me and I think about it and kinda of maybe be in a negative way and, and nowadays when something bad happens I turn into into the positive, more like energy instead of negative energy. It's more like I have to step it up and concentrate even harder and, and don't think about what happened and pay attention to the present. And I'm a lot better at that than I used to be. The mind game for sure it's all in your head it really is decisions uh, to catch the next bass, to catch a bigger bass to catch them the next day it's all it's all decision making a lot of it's where you start that pyramid you know you've always heard here guys over the years talk about how important that first thought you pick is but is it really that important and I'm starting to to rethink that I mean it it really isn't I mean if you mess up on your first decision that's not a big deal you you know I might take four or five six decisions to hit it right and and that's kind of how that year was it was a year of decisions and you know like the Delta and all these long runs we made this year and set the piece, you know, they're like the tide. It's just decision after decision this year, and it seemed like I almost nailed every one of them except for Gunnersville. Almost every decision I made, even at City, remember to stay local that last day, I lost seven or eight good keeper bikes that day. You know? I was like three of them, I have won the tournament. So I actually made the right decision, just got unfortunate for losing so many. And that doesn't happen often, but that's especially, you know, making those decisions and this year, they paid off really
2: good. Well, you definitely made a lot of the right decisions. And, you know, like Kurt brings up, although I guess 2003 could be considered an enigma, you know, I, I think <laughs> moving, you know, moving <laughs> it's forward, a puzzle. Uh, it's, it's a, it's it's a puzzle, puzzle,
3: yeah. you know, moving forward,
2: try. you've been, you've been through it. And now I think mm-hmm. you'll be better positioned to handle that. Even though Though it may appear that the wheels are coming off, you can remain calm, you can stay in that space mentally from having that experience. And, and you know, speaking of, of Enigmas, yeah. kind of part of your career this year was was picking up a, a new sponsor, right? That, uh, yeah, uh,
3: Enigma, that was a gamble. Um, you know, being with Mega Bass for 17 almost 18 years and making the move, and also you're going to complete all new rods, fishing rods, uh, Aaron rods. That was a little nerve wracking, now especially back, picking up a lot of lengths that I was to use. And using. fortunately, it they end up being really really nice It's kind of nice picking blanks out and then actually getting a prototype in your hand and actually kind of fishing it and a couple of them we changed but most of them were like you know they got on and start fishing they are just perfect and that was a, a big gamble and the, and the get angle of the year that year I made a big change with that it was pretty neat because you always worry about you know something that could throw that balance off but like I said <laughs> I don't really believe in that as much as <laughs> I used to think about it like that but now it's not really like that you know if you have high confidence levels and what you do, there's really not Uh, any fixed path, I guess. You just go with it. I just don't think ahead of time anymore. It doesn't work. Fishing, too many, too many able to change and learning experience for sure. I'm 43 now, so I should be getting smarter, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Nigma things and it's been awesome. The rods are good, and, and they're even come out with a new series next year. That'll be a really high-end series for a low, a lower price. We're gonna try to make the best rod for the lowest price, basically. Yeah, it's not a rod that's really high-end at affordable price. And I got a couple of prototypes right now. They're pretty awesome. They're they're gonna be really neat.
1: Well, That's good stuff, man. For sure that we could toss that out there. Is- a christmas gift idea i'm sure you'd like that so uh, if anybody's looking <laughs> to check those out uh, certainly aaron's probably developing some really great sticks and uh, man it's awesome to have one of the best bass anglers right here on bass edge radio but hang tight everyone we're going to return right after this break
2: Sign up to become an O'Reilly O Rewards member today and start earning instantly. O Rewards members earn $5 back for every $150 they spend, so if you haven't become a member yet, what are you waiting for? It's fast,
0: easy, and free. O Rewards, it's your road to exclusive offers only at O'Reilly Auto Parts.
2: Better parts, better prices every day. See store for details. O, oh, O,
0: oh, O, oh, O'Reilly free. Auto Parts.
2: Bassett, presented by Megaware Keelguard, returns with three-time BASS Angler of the Year, Aaron Martins, in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. Lucas Oil, high-performance marine products. From real oils to two-cycle outboard oil that surpasses all manufacturer's requirements, visit them at lucasoil.com. It works.
1: Hey, Aaron, I got to say, you know, we were able to fish next to each other a few times this year. And even when I see you on TV and doing all your thing, you always are saying, man, I hate the dry. Shot. You gotta really oh, know yeah. it's because that daggum thing works so good, and it's all, in generally, it becomes a typical part of your strategy. I mean, it's hard to get away uh, yeah. from something when it's so deadly,
3: right? Yeah, I really I really dislike it. I don't think I found a baitcaster. I was thinking about that. I grew up in California, fishing procedures, cast bait mainly, guiding to catching giant bass, and there's like four or five months of the year where that's all you had in your hand was a spinning rod. I try to remember when I got my first baitcaster and I think I was like 12 years old but I fished since I was 5 I fished a lot since I was 5 my brother's fished and took me to Malibu Pier all the time and Malibu Beach and Ventura we went saltwater fishing off the coast catching halibut and perch and all kinds of different fish even like some small tuna and stuff and we just did fishing all the time and so I grew up fishing but I I always fish spinning rods and uh, I guess it was about 12 or 13 I I got my first day I remember kind of practicing with a coffee can or you know a can pitching into a can and just kind of getting into it but nowadays it's just like the spinning rods it's not not my favorite way of fishing I can't enjoy getting bites and catching them off, but if I can catch them on a bait or a spoon or a pop water or a crankbait, I'd really prefer that, like, way more. It's just more fun. But we're not a lot of times in this for the fun. <laughs> so, that's right. I mean, in Florida, we're we're in it to make yeah. some money,
1: and, and that drop shot <laughs> has been,
3: pay, been paying off for you big time, buddy. It's unbelievable how effective it is. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's times in tournaments I know I catch them on a bait, but I can't catch them as good as a drop shot. And that's the term that's why I drop shot, because it's a no-brainer. I mean, I just fish at work. That's kind of a, a thing that fishermen go through. I always tell them not to get stuck on certain things. Like, you know, guys will get bites on days and they'll ruin them. Like two days down the line, like, they'll get them in practice and maybe catch through the first day, but they can't put it them because it's so much fun and they got a big one on it and all this stuff. But you're missing all kinds of other fish you'd be catching on a drop shot. And that's where that drop shot is, is so effective. And I really don't like it. I don't like Carolina rigging. I don't like split shot. And it's hard to explain. It's just something I do because it's necessary.
2: I can assure. You that Leslie, when she sees you with a drop shot in your hand during a okay. tournament, she's making out the deposit slip as the tournament is going on. I guarantee it. So. <laughs> Quickly, I'm going to pinpoint this for all of Bass Edge Nation, because here we are in the month of December, you know, a lot of holiday stuff going on, but there's also a lot of people still out on the water. If you have one body of water to fish, what is your choice
3: and why? I'm not going to say that. I told you earlier, I wasn't going to say my favorite. Uh, <laughs> 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 I love the it Kutcher River, but they're all good that time of year. Uh, stocking is as good as it used to be, but I'm sure it's still pretty good. There's so many lakes that time of year that all the pressure pressure's gone, everybody's deer hunting, everybody's uh, I don't know what they're doing, they're not on the water which is really good and the lake is quiet and it's cold and the fish are just biting like crazy and that's always been my favorite time of year now until February, it's a real pre-spawn and I don't really like spawning that much just because I don't like catching them off the bed I think it's completely kind of stupid actually to tell you the truth, they catch them out while they're spawning but we have to sometimes that's my favorite time to fish just because of that reason but the time before they come up like February, January, you know, December is just, to me, it's just awesome. That's when the fish are eating fat, they're really active, they're eating reaction bait. It's just fun fishing. I, I know I did that at high school last night, and half the kids in the room, when they're talking about, what do you like, December fishing, I could tell half the kids in the room were like, oh, I can't wait till summer. I was thinking to myself, they have no idea. If I just don't know. They don't get out there enough to know how good it really is. But, you know, lipless baits and jerk baits and jigs and hair jigs, and so there's so many different things work that time of year and the fish are fat and healthy it's just fun you know especially in California if you ever get a chance to get out there in January, February it's phenomenal as far as the size of the fish you can catch and how big they are like 10, 11, 12 pounders almost if you go there for a week you're going to catch a 12 pounder probably it's that good Um
1: I, I gotta know do you got the inside scoop on all those big spots out there? Have you been out there to jam some of those 8, no, 9, No, I, I
3: haven't had a chance to get a 40 pound bag of spots yet uh, I've had quite a few 50 pound plus bags of largemouth throwing up out there, I mean I mean, I'm almost every year I caught at least one 50-pound bag during the, you know, just fishing, uh, but I've never had a chance to go out there and catch those giant spots like that. I hope so. I hope I get to hit it before it gets too popular, and, and hopefully everybody, you know, practice catching or release on, because fish like that are just, that's magnificent to see eight, nine counters like that. That would be a place that I would like to go check out in December January. Would get um some of those lakes out there. But also the Gettersville in December is one of my favorites. I mean, it's hard to beat. I've had numerous 35, 37-pound bags up there in December over the last 10 years or 8 years. I'd go up there and catch, you know, 5, 8-pounders, uh, 5, 7, to 8-pounders, uh, lots of And I've had days where I've caught 20 over 6 pounds in December. Uh, so, I don't know. That was back when it was really good. So, I mean, I imagine now you can probably go out, there and go out there and catch, you know, 10 or 15 number five pounds on a good day. I'll probably go there in a couple of days, but right now, and my grass starts dying off, but they're sure one of my favorite places to go. It's mostly shallow this time
1: of year out there, too,
3: isn't it? Yeah, they get, again, the grass dies off, and again, you know, you'll find hydrilla mixing of with soil and eel grass, and you'll start to see the grass they're and they'll be in the darker patches. They'll be in this, like four to eight feet of water, and they're chasing, so... This is a few times a year that you don't really need a worm, basically. This is a time of year where you shouldn't have to pick anything out. As finesse as you need to get, it's usually a jig depending where you're at maybe a shaky head but normally I all reaction baits this time of year so that's why I like fishing this time of year the most and then as all you know center bait and lipless bait and buzz bait this time of year and frog and flipping you know big weight that's it sounds
1: awesome. like a good time yeah hey we do this little uh, listener question segment it's brought to us by uh, O'Reilly Auto Parts better parts better prices every day this question was sent in by Timothy Libertini from our Facebook page and uh, Tim has this little connection. Undrum and ask this question. What is the best way to overcome strong 20 plus mile an hour winds
3: while bass fishing? I've always heard the wind is your friend. That's thinking positive about it. And there's also directions extremely important. The wind is kind of your friend, but it can be a real pain, especially depending on what time of year and what kind of fishing you're doing. I like winds at about 12 to 15 miles an hour. It is uh, rather frustrating when it gets in the 20 mile an hour range. Like tomorrow I'm going to Logan Martin it's going to be the one with the 25 I know what that's like. A lot of times, um... It's just pointless to fish, you know, offshore. If you can kick them on a spoon or a crankbait or a moving bait, you're okay. Because you can kind of hold the boat and cover water. But, you know, fishing something slow, you know, the times of year when they want to trail under it can be a little... I mean, I still do it. Um, I mean, that's one of the reasons I do get a big boat. I got a 921 Phoenix. That's a 216. And when I'm in those 20-mile-hour winds, the waves are 1 to 2 foot and light capping. A big boat like that is so much better than, like, a 19 or 20 footer. So it's kind of funny, man. It's like it's a totally different world. And that's actually one of the reasons I get a big boat is just so I can fish in those conditions more. Because we do, you know, Kentucky, all these big lakes to go to, 20 mile hour winds, nothing. It does it all the time. And, and if I'm in a 19-point boat, I'm not going to be able to hold on some of that stuff. I can hold on my 21-and-a-half-footer. So that's actually one of the reasons I run a big boat. Sometimes you get that really strong winds like that. A lot of times you kind of need to take cover. And it might not be cover from the land, but cover from the waves or the, the roughness of the water. And a lot of times you can get around some points, and especially this time of year. You can get into the creeks a little bit and there's fish in there and it's baiting there and you're fine you sometimes you need to kind of get out of it and just be comfortable and you know if you're in a tournament situation and you kind of need to be out there then you have to fight it but uh, I always be positive about when is your friend and every time I'm up a, a marshal or somebody that's kind of getting blown around or kind of miserable I always tell them that when is your friend <laughs> good <laughs> advice. You know, a lot of, of times um, it does position actually makes it a little easier sometimes especially a high wind like that pitch on the Great Lakes it's miserable tough you know hard to hold and a lot of times you slide back and fish or use the umbrella with the anchors uh, sea anchors but it, it will actually position especially smallmouth owners, right? it actually does make it easier to catch them because it piles them up they'll get on like brake lines or edges or points or they'll be on something but they'll be piled up and they won't be scattered usually they'll kind of congregate and that makes them easier to catch and you can catch them more efficiently so anywhere you're at it can be your friend
2: well Tim not many people can say that they had their question answered by the 2015 angler of the year so <laughs> The Gospel According to Aaron Martins. So, hey, Tim, we appreciate your
3: support on the show.
2: Yeah, that's right. When does your friend. I put that in quotes. But be sure to send us an email at support at Bass Edge and letting us know that you had your question answered by the 2015 Angler of the Year. And we will get you that $100 O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card.
1: Hey, Aaron, if you want to, you know, you can send in questions, too. So <laughs>
2: if okay. you want to get a... <laughs> I, 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 always, I always question myself. I do it in my head. Yeah. <laughs>
3: (laughs) (laughs) Sure, (laughs)
1: We can can bounce it off anybody, but uh, as always, I want to remember all Bass Edge listeners to send in those questions for a chance to have yours chosen and win that $100 O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. Email us through support at BassEdge.com or leave us a comment through our Facebook page or Twitter page.
2: All right, Aaron. Hey, thanks for taking time to be on the show today. I know your schedule has been nuts, but congratulations. Any closing thoughts before we wind this down? I
3: don't know. Keep thinking. I mean, I I was thinking about that, how how much you have to thinking this sport sometimes I wonder if guys actually do think really hard like it's constantly what you're going to do next I know a lot of the good English like Kim Van Dam and, and Hackney those boys they think that's all they do while they're fishing they're thinking about the next move and fly by through your camp I guess In this sort, if you want to be competitive throw the plans out the window just go so fish. I think you got to do it, the best man. way from talking to guys in, in the way I do it well hey Aaron thanks, thanks again thank you very thanks. much
1: you bet man it's been great hooking up today I'll definitely see you in a few months Bass Edge Radio will be right back
3: This is Major League Fishing Pro Fletcher Shryock. Stay right here for more Bass Edge Radio.
0: Bass Edge, Season 3, now on DVD at BassEdge.com.
1: Well, Aaron, you know, I started the show in a little coma from the uh, Thanksgiving holiday. But uh, I got to tell you, Aaron is just, although he kind of rambles and loves to just talk, you know, I find myself really on every edge of every word that he has to say. I'm just real interested. And when someone is as successful as he is, you got to listen because there's something there that you can take from it to hopefully emulate or begin to create your own molding to be as successful and hopefully maybe even potentially more successful than he is.
2: Yeah, the dude's rock solid. And, you know, Kurt, we've said this a couple times before. I wish that the program allowed for us to kind of air everything that the discussions that go on after we record the show and and those type of things. But, you know, we were on there for another 30 minutes talking about running and physical fitness and the importance that plays with decisions. And, you know, the guy exudes confidence, right?
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, we always talk about some of the mental aspects and it comes back into play and Aaron's another piece of that, man. Just everything that he puts into it and how he talks about, you know, the quick decision making and and how even sometimes you realize is that you need to be thinking so much more on the water rather than off the water. A lot of times we'll make these strategies and we have these plans and he almost alludes to a fact where he's not thinking a whole lot off the water anymore because then that's kind of predetermining things he might want to do on the water instead of just dealing with thinking constantly while on the water to adjust to conditions or things that he sees or just figuring out what's happening at that particular time rather than you know having those preconceived notions and, and all those kinds of things. But man, he's just fun to listen to. I think there's a whole lot to take out of that interview. I can't wait to have him on again and certainly we will here in the future.
2: Yeah, certainly we'll not wait that long of time. And you know, to think about that, he almost left the sport to pursue a, a high paying construction job. I'm sure uh, his bank account has certainly caught back up here in the recent months, but uh, the sport is no doubt better that he did not leave it or take an early exit. And speaking of being better, we are better as a result of your continued support, continued listener questions, and pushing us to the edge to make sure that we are always trying to seek out people like Aaron Martins, the 2015 BASS Angler of the Year. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Right around the corner is Christmas. Hopefully you're taking the opportunity to uh, think about the loved ones, those over seas and those who are not going to be able to be home for the holidays be sure to write a note send well wishes and certainly hope you have a wonderful upcoming holiday season for Kurt Dove I am Aaron Martin and the rest of the Bass Edge crew so long everybody and we will see you for the final episode of 2015.
0: The Edge is presented by KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Legend Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Lucas Oil Products, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lowrance, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.